Welcome to the Wisdom Rising podcast. I'm your host, Lama Sultrama Alione, and my goal with this podcast is really to open your own wisdom, to have your own wisdom rising, either through the meditations that I lead or introduce you to, or to the people that I interview that bring wisdom with them in their own voice, in their own traditions. So we look forward to raising our wisdom together on the Wisdom Rising podcast. And I'm so happy to share this with you. I'd love to welcome my deep Dharma brother, Krishnadas. Thank you for coming, being with us. Good to be here today. When we do a deity yoga in Vajrayana, there's the arising stage when you do the actual sadhana and the mantra, and then there's the completion stage, the zogram, which happens afterwards, after the deity. And it's really the fruition of the practice. And just in these moments, we stop singing, and we were there together for a while after the Tara, and, and just now after Saraswati, I could feel that, that vast space. Yeah. Each hip. I saw blessings, you know. Yeah. With me, I think I got the completion phase first. <laughs> I have to go backwards. <laughs> you mean the blank? <laughs> Genius. I have the, the vassals, but I can't, I can't tie my shoes, you know. <laughs> Some blessings, you know. So. so we met in 1971. In 70 or 71, right? In Bodhgaya, yeah. Maybe the end of 70. Yeah, I think so. I mean, somebody told me, well, you know, there's an American woman lama staying on top of the Gandhi ashram. I said, really? Wow. <laughs> yeah. And you used to come and see me there. Yeah. Up on the roof. Yeah. With Raghu and uh, Danny Goldman. Yeah, Danny was there, Raghu. Mindy Mirabai was there. So that oh, was amazing. Really yeah, I was going to say, it was an amazing time. That's just what you were going to say. It was a rich time. It really was. It was something that was opening for all of us. And I think it was opening in the world in general. It was really the, the connection of East and West was flourishing, developing in a way that it never had with these people like us going there and other people from there coming here and it was just something magical for, for me it was it was a really altered reality at that time i i was in a very visionary state and ha constantly having visions and ecstatic experiences and i had just been ordained i'd only been ordained i was ordained january of 1970 so maybe less mm -hmm. than a year yeah. and i'd look at the bodhi tree and it would turn to gold wow all the leaves were in gold and things like that were happening all the time and luckily i wasn't a mother yet <laughs> oh i didn't you know <laughs> come out of that to deal with the reality but it, it was such a powerful teaching to come out of those years of being a nun into being a mother and uh, I don't know if you experienced that becoming a father, but it was like all of a sudden it was, it was about 
these other little beings that needed me to be there in, in, in very mundane ways. And yeah. so how to take that experience and integrate it into parenting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when my daughter was born, I thought, oh my God, there's a mouth that has to be fed every day <laughs> from, from now on. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, it was life-changing for me in so many ways. And to be honest, at the beginning, I don't think I really appreciated it. It was very hard for me. But in what way was it hard? Well, actually, Janaki arrived. She Just as I was about to go back to India for the duration, I was about mm -hmm. to leave America again and go back and stay Dang. in India for the rest of my life. And uh, Sharda got pregnant, and that whole program changed. And it was really hard for me to adjust to it for a long time. I hadn't been prepared for it. I don't think I was born with the, with the wiring to live in this world in in the West. You know. Uh, yeah. I remember I was had this dream. I was being reincarnated. I was coming back to Earth, and I was heading right back home to India. And at the last minute, I made a left turn and wound up in New York. You know. What? <laughs> So I don't, my wiring was all screwed up. Yeah, but it's probably, there was a, a reason for you to go to New York because yeah. if you'd been born in India, you wouldn't have done all the work that you've done in the West. And I think you've been a great dad. Thank you. Yeah. I, I think my daughter, she gives me like a five out of 10 maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think she gives me a little that. <laughs> yeah, she chants too, and you're really close yeah, to them. Yeah. And your grandson, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a shock. It was a shock for me, too. I had postpartum depression after really? Cherub was born. Yeah, I mean, we didn't, there wasn't a name for it at that time, but I felt like everything that I had <clears> been able to give to the llamas, you know, my whole life, I was like, I can't do that anymore. So a similar kind of thing of like, of you like, wow, I can't do that anymore. But it turned out it didn't last very long, and it turned out that it was such a it was such a teaching for me, and the presence of them in my life. Now I have three children, as you know, children anymore, and I have six grandchildren. So great, great teaching, great path, and I really think that the path of a mother as a path is underestimated as a path. Of course, everyone knows that it's a big job, but I don't think. It as a path, as a spiritual path, is really talked yeah. about enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I mean, the sacrifice the, the, of your own that has to happen every minute of every day. Yeah. If you're not with the program, it can be very, very painful. If you don't have a path, if you don't have a practice, if you don't know why you're doing these things, yeah. if there's no dharma perspective. Yeah. And but when there is, it's extraordinary. I've been. Researching my grandmother because I'm writing a memoir. And I always heard certain things about her, like, oh, she was the fifth woman to get a PhD from Harvard and she was this and she was that. But I was, she gave me my first book in Buddhism. And so I've been going back and, and looking at some of her writing. And she got her PhD and never expected to marry and didn't marry until she was 30 or something like that, which was very late. No, 34. At that time, it was considered like ancient. Yeah. And then she had three girls, 
one, two, three. So between 1910 and 1915, she had three children. And she wrote about her struggle of going from being a college professor to being a stay-at-home mother. Wow. And he said, she said, I'm hungry all the time. And she was hungry for that, what, you know, for her, the intellectual stimulation and the teaching and, you know, just being with adults. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is a struggle. And it's also, if you can see it that way, a training. You know, there's a great, one of the great saints of India, Shankaracharya. He was very, he was totally non-dual. The world is illusion. It's all, but he had this experience. He was going off in those days, he would go around and debate the heads of other disciplines, philosophies, and he would beat, he would beat them all. And the deal was that if, if, if whoever won, the one who loses had to become the disciple of the one who wins. So he had transformed all of India because nobody could beat him. So he was wandering through the hills on his way to another debate and he had dysentery and it, he just couldn't go any further. He actually passed out on, on, on the mountain. He, had, he could barely move, and he passed out, and he wakes up, and there's this young girl sprinkling his face with water, you know, and she's just smiling at him, and he opens his eyes, and then he passes out again, and then sometime later, she, and spring, he opens his eyes, and then there's this beautiful young girl sprinkling with water, and she says, Baba, what's wrong? And he says, in the typical way of speaking, he says, no shakti, and she smiles at him, and she says, but you don't believe in Shakti. And she turns into the goddess. <laughs> and he, he has this whole realization. So he goes and writes this incredible prayer called the Devya Aparadak Shamapana Stotram, which is begging the goddess for forgiveness, wow. for not recognizing her. And the, one of the line that repeats all through the, every verse is, in this world, a bad child, or in his case, a bad son may be born, but never a bad mother. <laughs> it's beautiful. And he said, I don't know puja, I don't know practice, I don't know how to do anything, but all I know, Ma, is that in this world, you are the one, you know, and no, a bad son can be born, but never a bad mother. So he became a devotee of the goddess. Yes, he became, he balanced from being completely non-dual, cold and you know yeah he opened up the whole thing wow well, it reminds me of a story of Kalu Rinpoche who uh was in retreat and when you go into one of those long Tibetan retreats you commit to staying in no matter what happens even if you do and so he had just started and uh he was going in for seven years oh. <laughs> and he got a tooth infection, and it was, you know, going into his brain, and he couldn't leave. And one night, he had a dream of Tara, and she came to him, and she said, you've never had faith in me, you've never prayed to me, you've never done my sadhana, but if you do, if you do, now I will be there. And so he woke up, and he did Tara practice with deep devotion and connection, and his he was healed. And so from then on, in all the Kalaribashe monasteries, they did Tara. <laughs> <laughs> so it was that same yeah. thing. It, it, it's like Naropa, you know, with the, the hag, because he, he was a scholar, he was a yeah. great debater, 
And then the hag appears to him and her shadow falls across this book that he's studying on epistemology and logic. <laughs> shadow of the feminine. And then she, she says, do you understand the words or the meaning? And he says, I understand the words. And she's happy and does a little dance. And then he thinks, oh, I'll tell her I understand the meaning too. <laughs> so he does. <laughs> then she gets furious. Mm -hmm. And as you don't and uh, no. that was the beginning of his journey to find his guru yeah that's interesting that need for the balance of the feminine and the yeah. but it yeah. well well our time is up actually um really yeah i think we i got another 10 minimum of 10 years i don't know oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay everybody i guess we've got to let go here <laughs> all right see you soon Thank you, everyone, for being with us for this Wisdom Rising podcast. May it benefit all beings. And I'd like to take a moment to thank the production team of Wisdom Rising and also to let you know that if you would like further information on my work or the associated people who work with Tara Mandala, you can reach out to the Tara Mandala website, T-A-R-A-M-A-N-D-A-L-A dot O-R-G. Thanks, everyone. Stay safe.